No, I well, I, I was trying to make a joke. I didn't drink up very much. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, you do have better levels now. All right, you ready? No choice, we're doing it. Roll it. This is why I like Facebook, because it's less noisy. We're looking, we look at our numbers, and we see where the activity is. It's also why I don't really care much about Facebook. I think we reached a point now where Facebook has to change, because Facebook's always changing. And look at how many of the companies for Church Tech are just spamming it for their contents. Hello world, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your source for church tech. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider, this is not a test, it's time to level up. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Social Christian. The Social Christian is an ebook brought to you by Church Mag Press. It's a theological exploration of social media, and it's written by our very awesome, our very cool, our very own Phil Schneider. Phil has written. Hey, it's, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Phil. Surprise, I, surprise. I was just talking about your ebook. You were? Oh, are we in a pitch right now? I was. We're in a pitch? Yeah, we are in a pitch right did, now. Did you tell them about uh, the, you know, you, you can get an individual and a church license? You know, I, I hadn't got to that part. I, I was just starting out. But oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There is the personal use that you can get for just yourself, or you can get the ministry use, which is uh, which is a little bit more, but you can make as many copies as you want, however you want, pass them out. Phil, tell them, you know what, you're here. You tell them about the free download files that you can get. Even if you don't buy the book, you can go to churchmag.press forward slash social social hyphen christian or just go to churchmag.press that's probably the best way you can find it there there's free files to download phil what are those free files that you're giving away for everybody well there's there's two two sets of free files the first are the stripped down keynotes uh or powerpoints whichever way you swing um of my class i i used for the basis of this book you can download those and use those to teach this class on your own and to help you with that process, um, I, I record my classes at my church. And so you can go to my church website and we'll link it from the Church Mag Press page. You can go to the site. You can download the audio and hear my dulcet tones. Teach this class. You'll have the keynotes to follow along with. And then you can go ahead and take those keynotes, ditch those keynotes, create your own, whatever, and teach this class to your church all on your own without even buying the book. This is material that every church needs to have because Christians need to know how to engage on social media in an actually Christ-like manner. Well, there's really nothing left to say other than go to churchmag.press. Thank you, Eric. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Snyder working away, having some fun, doing some cool stuff before we started recording tonight. Before we started recording the podcast, uh, you probably still hear Jeremy clicking around. Normally, he's clicking around on Minecraft, but tonight, no, but on this episode of the podcast, he's clicking around on a cool thing that we're doing for Church Mag that you will see. Those that are in the uh, Church Mag uh, Facebook group may see it sooner. I don't know. I don't know. This is kind of Jeremy's thing. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all rolls out. Do you have any plans on how we're rolling that out, Jeremy? Or have we not figured that out? I mean, at this point, it just comes up with, I know we're talking secrets talk, but it just comes up with who comes up with the best stuff first. Yeah. So if you come up with a great idea for making it, I'm just going to make it. I mean, making it now takes like two seconds. Making it now. <laughs> People are like, what the heck are these guys talking about? We don't really know what we're talking about. We're making all of this up. But seriously, in the... None of that just happened. It was all fake news, guys. It's all fake news. news. Rewind it, edit it out. It didn't happen. On the Church Mag Facebook group, yes, we have one. Uh, I I just posted a link. It said, if you want to drop... No, want to drop into the podcast? 
Actually, I said want to drop in on the podcast, and then I have a link to our Google Hangout right now. So if you happen to be on there and see it, and you click on the link, then you will automatically join. So we have to be a little bit well-behaved if somebody drops in. So anyway, I thought that might be a fun thing to try. We'll see what happens. Maybe nothing. Maybe something. Who knows? Uh, So we're talking about Facebook, but we're not really going to be talking about Facebook. We're going to be talking about Twitter. Twitter... Is it official now that everyone can do 200 and some odd characters now, or what? No, they're still slowly passing it out. Yeah, they're passing it out. It's still technically technically a beta thing, I guess. Okay, so the 140 characters, if I recall, was that so that it would work on SMS? Or did SMS not even have a limitation? They just made that up because people were doing it on SMS and they wanted to kind of level the playing field. No, it was literally an, uh, an SMS limitation because Twitter started out as an SMS mass texting service, right. like Remind 101 is today. Right. Because I remember, I remember T9ing it. Yes, exactly. Is that how, how you say it when you used to be cool, T9ing it? I don't know. No, it's not how I said it. It sounds <laughs> vaguely sexual. Oh how is it? Phil, now I have to edit it out. I don't, but I, if anyone, whenever you verb something, it just sounds terrible. That's true. You know? Some things sound really funny you when you verb it, but some things you verb, you're right. Yeah, it depends. There's some 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 verbing things are yeah. basically if you if you turn anything about Twitter into a verb, it's probably not going to sound appropriate. But anyway, okay. So they re- they increased the limit from 180. Is it to 280? I'm so well-educated on this topic. It's 140 to 280, yeah. You know why I don't care about this, the exact number so much? Because I'm a little bit peeved that they did this. I mean, not like serious peeved, but seriously peeved. I'm not that tiger. <laughs> it seems like to me that's the whole point of the Twitter. Of the Twitter? Oh my gosh. I'm awful today. Why is it? Why is it that you're upset? Why, why is that, Grandpa Eric? <laughs> I know. I sound so bad. Maybe it's because I have an echo. The way I have my audio setup uh, on this recording, that I'm, I'm totally off my game. Not that I've ever been on my game. I'm just saying. I'm really off. I'm, I'm doing awful. Is what I'm trying to say. Somebody talk. What is it that makes you upset about having it that way? Okay. Well, it really it. To me, that was always been kind of the challenge in the art form of Twitter is that you had to condense it down. And if I wanted to read long rants, then I would just go onto Facebook where people can have long rants or even Instagram for that matter. Right. But if I want long rants, I'll go to Facebook. That's my that's, like that's my problem with this. Is that what's what this is becoming is like I for a while I had this big, long theory about how Facebook was going to implode because it was going to turn into MySpace. And they cleaned things up. They got rid of some of the games and made them less noticeable. Um, but now, so now Facebook, the fake news looks more like 4chan and Reddit, but whatever. Um, but what's happening to Twitter is that they're trying to mimic Facebook. So they w- went from stars to the hearts and the likes. And now with this longer posting, it's becoming one more social media network. I, I agree with, with Tom Pounder. It's the, it's the, the limited characters that makes Twitter unique. And I think I wasn't sure if he meant character, the character makes it unique. Like Twitter has a nice little, you know, it's got character. Oh. <laughs> Or if you literally meant the actual characters you type. Either way, the point stands. Yeah, Tom said in the Church Mike Facebook group, he said, the characters keeps Twitter unique. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah, probably a little bit. But, you know, I think it really does make it unique. At the same time, to some degree, there are those that use Twitter like a perpetual 
aggregation RSS feed kind of thing, which in some ways I don't mind so much for those that I follow. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is just a get off my porch moment. Do you do you have at least a devil's advocate, Jeremy? And I don't know if it's a devil's advocate, but if the worst thing with Twitter was that they needed to up their game from 140 characters to 100, 280, then I would say they must be doing better in Facebook. Oh, ouch! But let's be honest: is the issue really the number of characters? That's why face why Twitter is not doing well. No, the real issue is the edit button. Come on, guys. But the real issue is the fact that it's a whole bunch of spam and pointless garbage. Yeah, I agree. I think the I'm I'm so I do I do a single auto tweet when I post a new post on my on my blog, and that's it. I am so over the auto tweeting. There's I've been a few choices too that have been unusual in my opinion. There are several Twitter handles that I used to check every once in a while just to see you know. Maybe they came available, but they're locked up from somebody who tweeted once, you know, like checking out this Twitter thing back in 2010 or some crazy thing like that. And and they're still locked up. And so it seems like in general, Twitter um, has not done a very good job of uh, curating itself to some degree or even some of the the. Uh, official Twitter accounts or the qualified or whatever they call it. Certified. That's it. It's certified. Sometimes I even think some of that's a little bit um, screwy how that works as well. Well, let me ask you this. What is it that draws people to Twitter in reality? Not 140 characters. It's the novelty of 140 it. characters is nice. Okay. There's, there's two things that draw that keep me pulling up my, um, keep me pulling up tweet deck is that I have several, well, I will have to admit, half of my tweet deck is to find replies and uh, hashtags regarding Church Mag. I will say that. But as far as my personal part, my personal half of my uh, tweet deck, which takes up my entire screen, um, is my curated feeds. Like, I have circles that have specific individuals that I like to follow. So I don't just follow a, a generic, like, everyone. I have them. I have them sorted. And so maybe one I'll check once a day, maybe one I'll check multiple times, maybe every once a week I might look at one just a little bit, you know, just kind of see what's going on. Um, But that is what I actually like about it is that it can create niche groups so you can follow a certain segment of people, which is which is pretty handy. And it dovetails with the fact that I'm able to do that because it is 140 characters. It only takes but a couple scrolls and you've either A, seen enough or you've seen... Uh, a, a whole lot in a, in a short amount of time, right? So it's it's easier to keep up with because people are limited in what they can say. You know, I mean, I, I get that. Um, for me, it's I follow Twitter for basically two. I, I, I use Twitter for three reasons. One, it's an easy way to contact me without me giving out my phone number. So internet people, the best way to contact me is a tweet or an email. My email is on my website and and Twitter's. It's in. I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed other people doing that as well, Phil, instead of giving out even like a personal web address or something or a website, because, you know, websites in some way feel a little fluid. I've noticed a lot of people will link to their Twitter because of that. It's like almost an extension of a business page. Yeah, the Twitter, the the Twitter's consistent and the website might change, I guess, you know, although philschneider.net is always going to be there. Go ahead and check it out. Give me a shout out. So no, you know, that's uh, right. I wrote my first post in, uh, 
I think six months yesterday, and it was, uh, "Hey guys, I published a new book on Church Mag Press." <laughs> that was all it was <laughs> because I haven't had time to blog, blog on my personal page this year. It's been crazy, but um, I, I think that it's communication it makes it so much easier. It's easier to tweet at people than sometimes than to just send out an email, especially if it's a quick question. It, it does feel like people are more accessible. Yeah, it's, on it, it's like texting. It's internet texting, which again, Twitter was set up <laughs> around SMS texting. Back to it roots. <laughs> so then secondly, I follow Twitter for the jokes. I follow a lot of comedy accounts. Uh, Facebook is harrowing, and Facebook sucks me in just just forever. Like tonight, I wanted to read a book, and I read. I my beginning of the year, I deleted Facebook. Um, and was using the Groups app to monitor my church stuff, but the Groups app was was um, was killed. Um, October 1st or September 1st. I forget which one it was. It was killed. So I, ha- I had to go back to the Facebook app and it's just been a time sucker. And most of us I'm following it and just seeing the dumb things my, the people on my feed post. And I'm not commenting on it. I was like, I just want to know who's an idiot today. And that's a terrible way to live life. But it's what I've been doing. It's a train wreck. Oh, it's a train wreck. Yeah. It's a constant train wreck. Facebook, Facebook is Facebook is it are the rubberneckers of life. Yeah, but uh, but Facebook is like it's like Thanksgiving at your uncle's house after everyone's had too many beers. Um, but my my we don't drink in my family, so I assume okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I assume on that one there. <laughs> but but so so Twitter is at least a little more dignified. I say a little more. You, you've, there's millions of trolls out there, but unfortunately, only because you're limited in the characters, well, which yeah. brings us to the point. Right. Right. But the third thing I follow Twitter for is there's actually good, uh, intelligent discussion on Twitter sometimes. I follow a lot of journalists. and they'll, But they'll how much is that because it is limited to the number of characters? Because you have to be concise. Thread. And I've read, I've read some incredibly insightful threads in the past few weeks. And see, that's where if you catch me on the first tweet, I'll read your thread. And 140 characters is like Facebook. Hold on. I got to I got to write this down. I got to write this down, Phil. When getting Phil's attention, get him on the first. Okay, go. Um, <laughs> you're going to start tweeting at me there in the podcast, so I'll pay attention. The, the, on Facebook, when you post, I think the first, I think, 300 characters get posted, and then you get a read more button, right? So Twitter, you only get 140, and then you have the, you're in the, into the thread process. And I think that's better. It forces people to succinctly say, the next 40 tweets are about this topic. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting. And I jump in. Didn't in the in TweetBot they take away the easy reply button? You have to you have to do an extra click to be able to get into repeat or reply. I use, I use Twitter I apps. So. I don't know. I'm pulling it up. He's pulling yeah, it up. There is, yeah, there is, you can read the thread, and there's retweet, and there's heart. But to get to the reply... You have to uh, like, like, kind of open it up to be able to get to the reply. It'd be great, except many people are actually using Twitter like that. I feel like because it's so easy to create an account, because it's so easy to post content, because of all this automation, um, which is a, it's been a positive for Twitter, is you can automatically connect with people, you can automatically send messages out. I mean, there's been a lot of inauthenticity on the platform. I I wonder how much the see I'd be curious to know and, and maybe had I read about it and was halfway educated about it I would be able to talk intelligent about this but you know what the catalyst was for the increase I mean is it that they're feeling that that's what people want to do or do they have some sort of is this a data-driven decision? Because part of me wonders if perpetuating this or making this decision may end up being 
its own demise in a sense if that makes sense yeah i don't know how much data was data was put into this i feel like this is a grasping at straws moment mm-hmm. for them but hasn't that been twitter's story the whole time trying to turn well, a profit this, on I, this thing i think for the past two years you know that's when things got really tense that's fine. I mean, make it profitable, but they've. I think that they've lost that aspect of things. I mean, and I'll show my bias. The I'm I'm to the point that I haven't intentionally been on Twitter for the past mm-hmm. nine months. I do post there, but ninety percent of my posts there are automations. Yeah, I'm posting from Instagram, and then they go to Twitter, or my YouTube goes to Twitter, and and my Twitter action, so to speak, um, as far as reading is for specific groups that that's just where they live like um, a good portion of the wordpress community is still on twitter they're on twitter so if you want to follow them and see what's going on that's where you go and so you know maybe that's a little bit more the future of twitter is is if they would you know maybe build some tools or create a situation where it's a little bit more community or maybe it's just organic i don't know the, the lists really help i will i will say that much but you're right. I mean, even, you know, Church Mag, we decided, hey, we probably should put a, more energy in one of our social medias because we like to try to practice what we preach. And, I mean, we, we even had the Church Mag article not, not that long ago that you authored, Jeremy, talking about, you know, is Twitter dying? Is Twitter, is, 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 uh, Twitter dead? You know, we're putting, we're investing in Facebook in that sense because we're looking, we look at our numbers and we see where the activity is. And, you know, we're not looking for the page views. We're not looking for the shares. I mean, they're nice, great, whatever. But what we're really interested in reaching people, building community, and we have to go where the people are. And the people just weren't on Twitter anymore. I mean, we actually did some research behind this and found that, for every one minute of efforts on Facebook it was about 10 to 15 minutes of efforts for Twitter. And that wasn't even going deep to dive into like the actual quality of the interactions that we got. That was just click throughs. So that was just getting eyes onto our page. And I feel like some of the, the biggest outcries for the, the increase in text were, or the increase of, of tweet characters really came from the core of Twitter or the people that really love the platform for what it is. And, you know, that that's probably not the financial security and financial future of Twitter isn't with that crowd because that's not the masses. That's that's a niche. And they really have to appeal the, to the masses. And I think that there is opportunity for money. I mean, think about the automation for Twitter. Um Exclusive and people have talked about this exclusively for the power users. So, if you wanted to automate it, you would either have to pay for it or you would have to be a power user, um, like millions of followers, kind of power user, kind of like what Facebook is doing for celebrities, um, having those experiences. And that could probably work. I mean, it's not going to make them millions and billions of dollars, but it would improve that aspect as far as quality of content on their platform. Um, know that for me, the reason I'm not on Twitter anymore is because of the uh, sexual discrimination that happens and the spamminess, the noise. Like I could follow, I'm not going to call anybody out, but there's people in church tech, like go look at all the hashtags for church tech type things and look at how many of the companies for church tech are just spamming it for their content. And I could call out several Christian tech companies that do this very terribly. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. 
I'm not, I'm not going to call them out on the podcast, but just go check. Check Church Tech. Check Chisakam. Check all those different ones and see where it goes. Name some of the hashtags, and then people can go look it up, and then if they're a company that does it, they've, I mean, they've already incriminated sure. themselves at that point. So you don't have to call out the names, but what are, what are the hashtags people can look for on Twitter? It's been a while since I've looked at this. And if, you, if we need to take a second while you look it up, I'll edit it so it's tighter. Yeah, that's, an, well, that's, yeah. a, that's a great way to call them out without yeah. saying their names. Yeah, totally. They incriminate themselves. You see, okay, now, my issue here, gentlemen, is with um, with Jeremy's point that he's off Twitter because of the sexism. I, I get that. I don't disagree with it, but it's like people saying, I homeschool my kids because the world is bad. And my question to them is, are you going to home employ your children when they become of age? No, I think really, honestly, Phil, what it comes down to with with social media is that it is media. And it, while it is a creation platform, it is primarily a consumption platform. And I think with Jeremy, it's it's it came to the point where, you know what, as far as what I'm consuming, I don't want this to consume me. It gets me riled up or well, I get that. I get you know, that sort of thing. And so I think it's really kind of a kind of more of a media choice than it is a uh, life stance. You it know just what I mean? took so much time to filter through everything. My Twitter feed, like if I go to it, I can't I'm let me open my Twitter account right now and look at it. And I'm literally this is just me going through it. There's John Acuff. Ninety percent of what John Acuff does is amazing. Tim Baker, he posts really good stuff. Oh, and then there's something that somebody like that I don't care about. And then there's this company that's sharing some stuff. And there's a couple of out replies. There's two spot promoted posts. There's, hey, come check out my podcast. Hey, come check out my website. John Acuff again, great. A couple of personal things. Ooh, check out my blog article. Check out my blog article. Hey, this is a funny meme. Um, take this quiz that's promoted. Like, how much of that do I even care about? Out of all that stuff, I want to interact with... None of it. Not a single one of those things. It ultimately comes down to choices in media. Like you only have so much time to consume media. So then you make choices. Yeah. So you asked about the hashtags. Here's the hashtags. Go to hashtag church online. Spam, 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 spam. Spam. Spam, spam, spam. Oh, there's spam, one spam, good one. Spam, spam, and you know what? I did this because I was trying to use church uh, church mags accounts to retweet people that were doing good work. Couldn't find it for the longest time. Now, we have a little bit of special stuff with church online because that um, Christian or that church conference happened recently and they use the hashtag well. I love what they do. I would retweet all their stuff. Um, Christian or creative church. Spam, conversation, Quotes, conversation. That one's a pretty, oh, no, there's spam, there's spam. That's sort of good. That's not terrible. Church media. Um, spam, blog article, blog article, church uh, company selling something, blog article, someone selling something. Church, commute, church com, C O M M. Spam, 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 spam. See, you know, if th- this is, this is what, happened with email initially right it's kind of the evolution of the platform so we we all got an email and then suddenly you know the the rate in which you're saying spam is it all of it no sometimes is it 75 percent maybe sometimes 50 percent like what is the appropriate threshold because with our inboxes we came to the point where we're like look we want spam filters 
that's how bad it is. And I feel like that that's kind of what's happened with with um, that's what's happened with Twitter to a large degree. Um, I don't know if you can report people and see who wants that kind of work. Just find an easier platform. Oh, I report folks all the time on Twitter. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly and, and See, I think, I think, and this is a little off topic, but relevant, I suppose, is the evolution of social media. I really feel like social media really took off because it was a niche. And eventually social media became a form of mass media. And upcoming generations are starting to move away from the social mass media and moving to niche social media, which was what made social media what it is today in the first place. And so, you know, things like Facebook groups, you're narrowing your field, right? Or other social media platforms. I don't know. Is Yak still a thing? Excuse me if I found sound ignorant because I am. There's, I know that there are other platforms out there that people are using, right? Or exercising using. A lot of people have really enjoyed Instagram because with Instagram, because you can't make lists and because it's not like Facebook where you have to like all your family members and anyone that you passed on the street practically – you can actually curate your feed and it's hard for harder for people to become you know offended right and so you can really curate your feed on who you're following on instagram and so again it keeps that more of a of a niche right something that you're just constantly enjoying opposed to getting all this kind of clutter and so that's kind of where i see this going and this is probably just twitter like you like Phil or Jeremy, I forget who, maybe Phil said that they're just really grasping at straws yeah, here. I mean, honestly, I think the thing that's made them successful is what's going to kill them. Their ability to be successful is what's going to be their downfall. And so they, I think they're going to go the way of the MySpace of MySpace was successful because of what MySpace did. And it's also what killed them. Um, same thing with Friendster and the others. And, you know, as much as we used to back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, back in the day, five years ago, used to complain about Facebook always changing. They're always changing. Well, you know what? That's why they're still in the game because they do keep changing, right? They do keep investing in other technologies. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if their changes have really held on their market share. I think the reason that they, they, they stay in the game is because they were the most vanilla and the widest, the widest reaching organization. Yeah, but it was through those changes. I mean, originally you had to have an no, EDU address to get on there. Yeah, but no, no, no. Those are the changes I was compl- complaining about. Folks complain about the app changes, the 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 UI change. That's what bothers people. Right, but I think that that is, I think that's part of the DNA of Facebook. It though. might be, but I don't you think, see? I think we reached a point now where Facebook has to change because Facebook's always changing. I think the earlier changes were attempts to widen their audience and to have they have, have they had a real big change recently though? Yeah, but in, in all my honesty, app just changed two weeks ago. Oh, the app, the app. Yeah, see, I don't use the app. Yeah, the app is constantly changing. And maybe that's people, what people. Wait a minute. App is, wait a minute. Maybe we're not hearing. Maybe we're not hearing people complaining about it so much because people don't care as much anymore about it. No, I'm hearing it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know. There's a. This is where. You guys are far more technical than me, but I'm going to bust out some philosophy on you guys. Crap. There is this theory of the public sphere put up by a guy named Jurgen Habermas. And in his in his theory... Excuse me, sir? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was 
That's, I'm pretty sure that's a German last name, but I have no idea. But anyway, Jurgen Habermas put out that it could be it could be Dutch. Anyway, his theory was that the public sphere will continue to expand until the the weight of the sphere is is so much that there's so many people included within the sphere, the sphere will begin to splinter, break apart, and create new smaller separate spheres in a new like you know power sphere will will emerge out of the wreckage of the old one, and that it will slowly start growing again, drawing other spheres within into it. And I think Facebook became that great public sphere and is beginning to splinter. And if they don't take precautions, Facebook will splinter apart and it will be it's basically it's it's already happening in some ways. Facebook's not creating a global community. Facebook's giving giving place to to bubble bubbleology where people are in their own little cultural bubbles and mm-hmm. it's an echo chamber. It's true. And so I think Facebook is splintering. Come on, friend you. Yeah. This is why I like Facebook because it's less noisy. But also why I don't really care much about Facebook because um, it's really just my family and friends and nothing else other than that. The people in church tech don't typically get access to my uh, personal Facebook page. I, If you go to my website, I don't promote my Facebook page because I don't want people to know where I'm at. So that's just not what I want to have happen. I'm, I'm largely the same way, Jeremy. That's why I use Twitter. For maybe, stuff. maybe maybe it's through that maybe it's through that splintering though. You know, using Facebook as a primary. Now we're talking about Facebook instead Twitter. Um, oh, using it Facebook. as a kind of a generic private entryway, right? And then through that, then you can you can find your niches to be quote unquote well, more yourself. Perhaps, I don't know. The problem is that people are already doing that. People who are less savvy than we are, and they're using Facebook then, um, and they're seeing it as a representation of reality. And all they're getting is one side of the news or one side of of world events. And that's where we get people calling the Charlottesville, uh, you know, white supremacists very fine people. Right, but isn't that something that was happening before anyway, Phil? No. It wasn't. Uh, I don't mean, think so. As a political observer, I mean, don't people yeah, don't like that, people usually hang out with like people? Yes, absolutely. But before, um, and I'm talking like years back. We're we're going decades back. This has been a slow. This has been a slow burn process. You had local news that forced you to um, see a more middle of the road approach, and CNN was seen as the more center left of the two. Um, partisan news sources like MSNBC or Fox, but now that CNN's being, you know, lumped in with the far left by those on the far right, uh, and Facebook has become the primary news source for so many Americans, we're in this dangerous space where it's all bubble. I think what you're saying is that this began in the 80s as in early 90s when newspapers were folding up left and right and being bought out, and then eventually in uh, when the the limitation of the number of radio and television stations owned by a single company, when those rules were changed, you suddenly began to have these huge buyouts where when you turn on your radio or television, over 90% of that which you would turn on was owned by one single company. We begin to have monopoly. And, you know, the Internet, if we're not careful, if not already, is doing the same thing. You just have a few major players. Yep. And it's further complicated by the fact that um, – the you know evangelical wing of Christianity basically um, adopted one party as its own, and so now we have this weird situation where the 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 church is being pulled along by this weird bedfellow. It's it's accepted years back, 
And even though the, the politics no longer help us, we are kind of tied to them in unbreakable bonds. Um, it's, 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 it's super, super complicated. Yeah, it seems to me that, you know, I mean, some of these Internet laws that they're trying to pass to to make it so that there isn't a level playing field could certainly hurt us for sure. Um but we still have a window of opportunity to kind of reclaim the Internet as YouTube has been making some crazy changes that basically make the Cinderella story of no one's becoming someone's online um, leaves an opportunity for new media, essentially, to emerge Assuming Google doesn't buy them out. Well, that's what happens, though, is that you've got these companies that start up and are amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you trying to were you trying to exit the podcast that line? And I opened it back up. Did I have? Did I have? I I I think I probably had that yeah. tone, didn't I? But go on. We anyway. have these you know <laughs> these giant cultural monoliths that were startups at one point in time. But they they figured out the rules of the game first, got there, won, got the badge, put their name up in top score, and then have rewrote the games so that no one mm-hmm. else can come close. This has been going on. This has been going on for a long time. I mean, oh, Disney absolutely. did the same thing. They took yes. these old authored works because it was legal. They created they created an, an empire out of it, and then they changed the rules to protect that so that yep. no one else can do what they did to succeed. It's yep. it's a. Uh, it's a little sick and twisted. <laughs> it, it is. And then it's compounded now. So like Jeremy's idea and to, so my idea is to use Facebook for personal stuff and keep, keep that as private. So what we're basically saying is that we're using Twitter for you know public communication and then Facebook we are using for private communication. And that's exactly what Zuckerberg wants. We're feeding Facebook a steady diet of all of our personal thoughts and feelings and our, our places we go and things we see and Facebook's reaping up, making a fortune off our diet, our data. Because he listens because he actually hits what the issue is, as opposed to we need 280 character tweets. Yeah. That doesn't matter to Facebook. Well, no, I know. I agree. My point is just, is just that, you know, we can, we can complain about Twitter, complain about Facebook, but the, the point is that both of them are working against us. Sure. Twitter is trying to draw us in because Twitter needs to make money, and and twi- so we can see how Twitter, in, in that sense, is this kind of weird. It's it's very um, um, shallow. Like we're we're it's we're it's crop, and it needs to it needs to harvest more of us. We're the product, exactly. And Facebook, we tend to forget that, but in reality, the Facebook wants to make everything so easy to share because the more we share, the more that Facebook can sell sell off. Well, Z- Zuckerberg may be listening. Twitter may be listening. Pretty sure the uh, what's the other thing called? Not FBI, NIS. What? NSA is probably listening. Whatever. All the things are probably listening. We're listening, <laughs> not in a creepy way. Um, if you want to talk about this a little bit more, come join the Church Make Facebook group. Um, I'm not sure what the URL URL is. It's like Facebook forward slash groups forward slash church mag or something you need to get an invite or something like that just go talk to phil on twitter he'll get to the link yeah go to twitter to get on facebook makes so much sense right (laughs) we'll probably have a post on church mag sometime maybe a link well that's an interesting thing we were talking about this off um 
off the record that we're not going to necessarily go and invite all of our friends from Facebook to the Facebook group. We want people to either find the link or to accidentally stumble upon it. So because you guys are listening to this podcast, we want you guys to jump on because you guys have been part of more than just the church mag website. People that are on the newsletter. We want them to catch up because they're more in part of just the church mag website. And so those special places, um, we'll get that out there. And then if you accidentally stumble upon it, it's like this little hidden gem and that kind of is really cool. And at the same time, Facebook will just kind of be Facebook and kind of leave it at that. Yeah. And you can invite your friends, but don't like spam. Like we will say no. I don't know. You might see some church tech person. You're like, Hey, you know, I mean, don't ask John Acuff. I mean, you could. No, don't, no, don't. Nobody don't invite John Acuff. Nobody invite Zuckerberg. And Zuckerberg, <laughs> if you're, if you're listening, I can be bought. Exactly. Classic, classic. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you want to kind of jump in the conversation, you're listening and be like, hey, I have a word. You can use on Twitter, you can use the CMAGCast uh, hashtag on uh, if you want to jump in and talk to us more one on one. You can join the uh, Church Mag Facebook group if you want. Um, you can also send us an email podcast at Church Mag. That's a cool way to get a hold of us. Podcast at Church Mag, which is, you know, churchm.ag. You know the story. And uh, so anyway, guys, uh, that, that's a wrap. Now I'm going to go write, up, write a blog post on the 10 reasons why your church needs to join MySpace. Guys, MySpace is still real. I, I thought you were joking. Nope, it's still a thing. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. You would think that if you started MySpace and you made it a default that you were friends with everybody, the creator of MySpace, you'd think you would have maybe updated your personal profile pic to not be in a plain white t-shirt. I'm just saying. No, man, that's that's the brand. That's classic right there. MySpace coming back. 2018, people. No, Mark my words. No, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Guys, did you realize after Tom sold, I'm on I'm, 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 I'm wiki now, after Tom sold MySpace to News Corp, in 2010, he was no longer a default friend of MySpace and was replaced by a profile called Today on MySpace or T-O-M. Burn. <laughs> he got replaced by an aggregator. Oh, my God. But they still named it Tom. I know. That's the best part. That's the sickest burn. And then, this, hey, and then MySpace totally tanked. I mean, talk about take your money and run. Oh, yeah. Well played, Tom. Well played. Oh, he got paid. Yeah, he did. Oh, that's right. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 